For all of you that's here a couple years ago, remember that's the song we played when we were marching out of the church uh, on that Sunday. And I always uh, remember that. Matthew 13, 54. God is good all the time. And the Word of God says, Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogues, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and this miraculous power, they asked? Isn't it the carpenter's son? Isn't it his, mother, his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer together. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time of being able to share your word with your people. Help us, dear Lord, today to realize, dear Lord, that you are teaching us something every day. You are giving us wisdom every day to be able to face the things of this world. Help us, dear Lord, to do our very best to apply those things and do our very best to be more like you. In your holy and sweetest name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Where did this man get this wisdom and this miraculous power? I want to preach to you a little while this morning about what I have learned. What I have learned. Now we know as Jesus is walking on the face of this earth, he did a lot of things, didn't he? And you read about a lot of things that he did. We know one of the wonderful things that he did is he did a lot of miracles, didn't he? Things that people had never seen before. He had touched so many people, even folks that folks had already given up on, they were that was not going to have a good life. Folks thought there was nothing that could ever change them. Jesus was able, maybe by just a touch or a word or an expression, Jesus was able to change their life, wasn't he? And their life was changed by miracles and the miraculous things that Jesus was able to do. So a lot of his time while he was walking on the face of this earth, he was performing those miracles and he was helping the ones in need. But a lot of the other times when he was walking and, do, and doing all these things, he spent a lot of times teaching his disciples, didn't he? Teaching them about one of these days he was not going to be with them any longer. And one of these days they were going to have to take what he had taught them and put it into practice in their life so that the ministry he had started could continue. Now, we do realize something. Some of the things the disciples got, didn't they? They listened to the teaching of God and to, to his son Jesus. They listened to what Jesus had given to them, and they put that into practice in their lives. But we also know sometimes the disciples were a little hard of hearing, wasn't they? Some of the things that Jesus told them, they couldn't believe. Even sometimes they would see Jesus uh, doing things, and Jesus was teaching them, and it was so beyond what they could imagine, it was hard for them to be taught, wasn't they? They couldn't understand it. They didn't understand and ha have any inkling in their life how he could do such wonderful things. But Jesus continued to try to teach his disciples what he wanted them to be able to do for the remainder of their life. Now, I still believe today 
that we all need to learn something new every day, don't we? If you're done learning, you're done what? Living. Every day I believe it's important to learn something and bring something new and fresh into your life. I also believe just as Jesus taught the disciples, Jesus is trying to teach you, isn't he? Amen? Amen. I believe every day, praise be to God, God talks to you, doesn't he? Right? Every day you hear his voice. And every day he is telling you things in your life. Every day he is trying to teach you this and that. Sometimes he's trying to teach you things about your own life, right? Sometimes he's trying to teach you things about your family. Sometimes he's trying to teach us today things about our church. Sometimes he's trying to teach us about things out in the world. But every day God is trying to teach us something. And why is that? Because God tells us we are the church of today. Amen? God says it is up to us now, just as the disciples, it is up to us now to go on and do His will. It is up to us now to go out and teach others about the goodness of God. Well, praise be to God, and you can give yourself a pat on the back or give yourself a clap or give yourself an amen. Sometimes we listen to God. Amen? And sometimes we say, God, I heard you. God, I'm learning today. I'm, I'm hearing what you say. And dear Lord, not only am I hearing what you say, but I am putting it into what? Practice in my life. And I'm letting you work through me, Lord. And I feel your power through me. And I understand your will. But there's also other times that we don't listen at all, do we? We just turn a deaf ear to what God is wanting to teach us. Because sometimes, and you've heard me say this before, sometimes we get to a point we think we know more than God. Amen? And we say, God, I I don't want to learn from you. I want to learn from myself. God, I just want to hear what I have to say, and I want to do it my way. But that's not how God wants us to live our lives. Now, I have been told throughout the years, and you probably said this before, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, right? Sometimes it's hard to teach us old Christians new tricks, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard for us to take into our lives and hear what God wants us. But I believe as long as we are here, God is teaching us something. And over my life, I've really learned some things, haven't you? I know more today than the day from just three or four years ago about how God teaching us things. This morning, just real quickly, some things that I have learned. Lesson learned number one. I am not perfect, never have been, and what? Never will be. I am not perfect, never have been, and never will be. Over in Matthew 5... 47 through 48, it says, And if we greet only in your own people, what are you doing more than others? Not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. One thing we know for sure today, there is only one true perfect person that ever walked on the face of this earth. Amen? And who is that? 
That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was the only one without sin and the only one that lived a perfect life. Now, I have known some folks that say that their life is perfect. Some people say there is nothing wrong with me. Sometimes they say I, I, I make no mistakes in my life. Some folks say that they know exactly what life looks like. But I want to tell you, I make more mistakes than I'm perfect. Any of the rest of you like that? Because I'm not perfect. I'm only trying to do God's will. And it's hard for me to understand why I make mistakes. A few weeks ago, Sheila got her a lot of hanging plants and brought them home. And it's usually my job at the house to put up the hooks. You know why that's my job? I'm the only one that can reach that far, okay? That's my job. And I go out and I put up the hooks. Well, she got one extra hanging plant this year. I don't know how that all worked out. But we ran out of spots to hang them. So I decided I was going to hang it on the front porch. And I put the hook up there all nice and had it all snug, right in the middle of sort of where you walk, but over to the, way, or a little to the right a little, where you could walk by it. And I hung it up there and looked really good, I thought. And Sheila came home from work and she said, Honey, you know how many times you're going to hit your head on that? And I said, no, honey, I'm not. No, I'm not. I promise you, I'm not going to. Well, next day I went outside. And, you know, you've just had your first cup of coffee, right? And you're walking outside. And you're still trying to wake up. And you really don't notice what's going around. Walking on that front porch and all of a sudden, uh, boom, right into that hanging plant. And I went, okay. I walked on by. She came home that evening. I didn't tell her. It took me about four times hitting that hanging plant before I moved it. Amen? <laughs> Any of the rest of you ever done that? Sometimes we just don't learn from our mistakes, do we? we? We just can't. It's hard for us. First of all, it's hard for us to own up to our mistakes, right? Because we want to think, we want everybody, sometimes we want to think to ourselves we're perfect, right? And not only do we want to think to ourselves we're perfect, we want everybody else around about us to know that we are perfect. That's not how God works. I believe God works the best in me, maybe not in you. God works the best in me when I'm messed up. Amen? God works the best in me when I'm making mistakes. God works the best in me when I humble myself and I say, God, I'm not perfect. God, I need your help. God, I don't, I don't want to pump myself up. But God, I, I want to raise up you. God, I am, not perfect. I am not perfect, never have been, and never will. But I'm going to strive to be more like you. I'm going to strive to have that love of perfection in my life. I am going to strive to be more like you. So I've learned I will never be perfect. I've also learned over my life, maybe some rest of you can agree with this, lesson learned, I cannot change anybody else. But Jesus can. I think that should be an amen. amen. I cannot change anybody else, but Jesus can. Over in the scriptures, it says there in Matthew 18, through 2 through 4, he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. 
And he said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you change, become like this little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Have you ever heard it said before? It's tough to be able to say to ourselves, not everybody, we can control everything around about us. Does any of the rest of you like to be in control most of the time? Do you like telling other people what to do? I did that for 28 years at work. I would go in and say, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. I figured after a while, just because I told people to do that does not mean they're going to do it, right? They're going to do their own way. And some people I just could not change. All those years of being a social worker, probably could have Melissa and Mark come up and talk, or they might just say amen about this. But I would go out and I would talk to people and I'd say, this is what you need to do to change. This is what needs to change in your life. If you will only do this. And they would look me square in the eye and say, Oh, yes. They would even sign safety plans and prevention plans and all these other plans saying, oh, yes, I will change. I realized after a while they were just giving me that what? Lip service. The change was there, but the change never went to work, to heart. Folks, the same for us today in our lives. I look at a lot of folks today and I go, boy, I wish they would change. Boy, I wish they would change your ways. I wish they would step away from that. You say, Are you saying, preacher, I, I need to give up on them? No. You need to be their friend. You need to be praying for them. You need to be there for them. You need to be that person that they can sound those words off of. But you have to realize there's only two people in this world that can, can have a change take place. You know who that is? The person that wants to change and God with them, right? They're the only ones that can do it. They have to decide to change and know they want to do it God's will. Today, a lesson learned. Be there for them. Just because you look through a certain set of glasses doesn't mean they're looking through the same set. And just because you have a vision of what their life should look like doesn't mean that's the vision that God has planned for them. Let God work them inside of them. And let God be there for them. Also, another lesson learned today. Lesson learned. God is in control. God is in control. Over Matthew 7, 16 through 18, BJM is going to do Verse 18 there. Whoever speaks on their own does, does so to gain personal glory. But he who speaks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. For most of our life, when Sheila and I went anywhere, guess who was the driver in the car? I was. I grew up, Sheila can tell you, growing up in Pike County and in the mountains, you get a get a few customs. Now, when Sheila and I first started dating, wherever we went, I drove. One day, Sheila looked at me. She said, honey, is it okay if I drive? That was like taking part of my manhood away, you know? 
she wants to drive, that means that she's going to be in what? Control. She wants to take my keys. She's going to drive, right? So most of our married life, now every once in a while, every once in a while, Sheila would drive certain places, you know, and different things and all these type of things. But most of the time, we're going somewhere, I get behind. I've always had a problem. No matter where I'm going, I want to drive. I want to be in control. Well, that was all great until I left the hospital. And they came in and gave me these big, long lists of instructions. And it was like Sheila, Sheila don't have hearing aids, but it was like she turned something up inside of there because she heard everything they said that I couldn't do. And the big thing that they kept saying, I think they said this two or three times, you cannot drive for two months. I was like, what now? I can't drive? And then they said, for the first month, <clears throat> you can't ride in the front seat. You have to ride in the back. Now, one of the things that Sheila could say about me, and I don't be glad for her to say it, I gave her some constructive criticism when she was driving and I was riding. Any rest of you ever do that? Isn't that a good word? Constructive criticism, right? Remember that next time you do it, guys. All right? But now I had to go from no more constructive criticism because she could just drop me off on the side of the road and I'd never get home, right? <laughs> never. So for the first month, I rode in the back seat and boy, I was quiet. I didn't say nothing. She would take me all around Nashville, you know, wherever we went, you know, and so on and so forth. And I got to tell you, there was a few times I just... My tongue almost, I almost had to have a tongue transplant along with that heart transplant. You know, no, 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 don't say it. And then I moved up front, moved way up, you know. And I, I remember the first time the doctor actually let me drive after we left Vanderbilt. She said, no, honey, I think we need about another week. I was like, <laughs> but it's hard to let somebody else be in control, isn't it? It is. Folks, I want you to know your life's going to be a whole lot better when you let God be in control of your life. You need to let Jesus take the will, don't you? Because we make a, enough of a mess of it. But it's so hard to let go and let God, isn't it? It's so hard, hard just to say, God, I've learned my lesson. I do a whole lot better when you're in control. God, I've learned my lesson. I do a whole lot better when I don't hold on to all these things and I turn it over to you and let you be in control. God, I, I don't want to have that ability to say, God, I want to change everything myself. God, I want to change what? Like you want me to change. God, I want you to be in complete control of my life. That's a big lesson to learn, isn't it? To say to God how much you need him and how that you want him to be the one guiding you. And lastly this morning, Lesson learned. Move beyond your mistakes. I think one of the biggest problems we have as Christians and non-Christians, we dwell way too much on our past. Did y'all get that? We spend way too much on our past and our past mistakes. One of the things that we all know, and I think you'll say amen to this, you can't change the past. Amen? There's no need to live there. There's no need to stay there. 
Because those things will eat at you and eat you away. Move on from that. Lesson learned. This is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. I am going to move forward in that in my life. God is going to bless me and God is going to teach me. Well, praise be to God. No matter what age you are today, he's trying to teach you something, isn't he? He's trying to tell you this is where I need you to be. This is what I want you to be. This is how I want you to live your life. Today is, are you hearing me? Well, beyond that, I'm just saying words. Are you hearing God talk to your heart? Are you hearing God saying to you, this is what you need. This is a lesson that I want to teach you today. This is what you need in your life. Maybe today that lesson is turning your heart and life over to Christ. A lot of folks say, well, preacher, probably everybody that's here this morning's already saved. Well, there's one thing I want to make sure of. I don't want anybody to miss it, right? So if you're here this morning and you're not saved, even though everybody may think you are, but you know you're not, today's the day to turn your heart and your life over to Christ. And allow him into your heart and your life. We've been blessed here as Christian read all of those names this morning. The ones that have decided to make Bethlehem Church their home. Maybe today's the day on Celebration Sunday you say, Preacher, I want to come home. I want this to be my church. I want to be a member of this church. Maybe that's the day. What's the lesson you need to learn today? Whatever Christ has talked to you about this morning, I invite you to come. We have a closing song, John Larry.